How's everybody doing today? Good. Uh, just a couple real quick, couple more real quick announcements. Want to tell you guys, um, if you hadn't heard already, uh, Kristen and I, more Kristen than I, will be having another baby. Uh, yeah, we just we just found out uh, she's nine weeks, and uh, baby's due in April. So, yeah, we're we're pretty excited about that. Um, so. Anyways, uh, yeah, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jeremy White. I'm the youth pastor here at Crown Point. Um, it is, is my honor just to be here at this church and to serve you. And, and I wonder, you guys are such a blessing to me and my family. So thank you so much for, for who you are and blessing us. Today, um, I, I just want to remind you guys this. Anytime a, a person gets up and speaks, a pastor, youth pastor, associate pastor, whatever, the more amens you say, the better they'll preach. Amen. Just so you know. Uh, amen? That's more like it. So thank you so much. So today, you know, we're going to spend some time this morning in, in the book of John chapter 11. Uh, yeah, some more amens right there. So let me give you a little background about this real quick. Book of John chapter 11, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read this whole entire passage just for time today, but in John chapter 11, we have the story about these two sisters and their little brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And, and Mary, Martha and, Lazarus, Martha, and Lazarus are probably the closest family unit to Jesus while he was on the planet, other, other than like his family. He was the closest, probably the closest family unit that he had. And so Jesus spends this good amount of time with these three. And, and in fact, the second to the last week of his life here on this planet, he spent a great amount of time with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And, and now, kind of as we jump into the story, Lazarus, he's gotten sick. And in fact, where we're going to start reading, Lazarus has already died of a sickness and he's been dead for four days. And some people wonder why Jesus waited for four days to raise Lazarus from the dead or to heal him. And well, it, back in that day, the Jews and their, their ancient beliefs and their customs and their cultures they actually, actually believed that for three days, uh, a dead body still has a chance for God to supernaturally raise them from the dead. But the Jews had concluded that when it comes to the fourth day, it's officially over. It's done. That's it. And they were, they were just dead. And I, I like how the, the Old Testament... Uh, puts the scripture, he, he had been dead, Lazarus had been dead in the t- tomb for four days, and I like how the, the, uh, the King James Version says, by now he stinketh. Yes. I, I don't know, I've, I just like that word stinketh. Is that even a real word? Um, but it says, by now he stinketh. But anyways, I think Jesus took four days just to let the Jews know that I'm greater than your traditions and your customs. I'm a God who can do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it. Can somebody say amen? amen. All right, so let's jump into this. John 11, uh, verse 17. And Jesus is now, he's en route to see Lazarus and to raise him from the dead. And it says this, 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already, had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of their brother. When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. And listen to what Martha says, verse 21. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And that's kind of an interesting group of words there, but, but Lord, Lord of heaven and earth, all-powerful God, if you had been here, Lord, if you had been here, and I think Martha's kind of missing the point here. 
if, if he's Lord, he's not limited to time and space. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then verse 22, Martha has this glimmer of faith and she says, but, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. I, I know. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And instantly Martha concludes, she goes to the distant future and she says, oh, I, I, I know he'll rise again, uh, the resurrection on the, on the last day. I, I know that, I know that, Jesus. And Jesus kind of must have said, I would imagine with a little bit of a smile, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live. And even though they die, and whoever lives by believing me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And her response, she was very human. And she says, verse 27, she says, oh, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe you're the Messiah. You're the son of God who has come into this world. And Jesus was saying, but do you believe I can do something right now? Do you believe I can do something right now? And she says, oh, I, I, I believe. I believe you are definitely God. I, I don't know about right now. But, but I believe, I believe you're God. I, you know, I don't blame Martha because I think sometimes we struggle with the same sort of challenges and difficulties. Now, this kind of leads us to where I want to kind of base it off of today is, is Hebrews 13. It's this very famous passage of scripture. For us, Hebrews 13, 8, it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I'm sure, that, I'm sure that Kristen, my wife, is glad that this verse is not said of me because I am a work in progress. I, and, and thank God that I'm not the same as when we got married 10 years ago. I, I have changed and she has changed me a lot. And, but when it comes to God who is perfect and just and just awesome and wonderful, and righteous, what a comfort it is to know that he never changes. He never changes. He's the same yesterday. I like to say he's the same yesterday, right now, and forever. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we serve. Uh, maybe I, can we pray real quick before we get started? Let's do this. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for uh, your word, and we ask today that we have a true encounter with you. Help us to hear the word. Help us to put it into practice, and we ask that by the help of your Holy Spirit that we might see Jesus, because we know if we see Jesus, we'll never be the same again. God, thank you that college football is back, and thank you for helping the Sooners win a national championship. In Jesus' name, everybody said. All right. Anyways, I wonder, I often wonder if sometimes if I'm the only one, I've got this problem and I wonder if I'm the only one who, with this problem and it's kind of this unhealthy habit that I have and I have this suspicion that I'm not the only one with, with this problem who struggles with this and, and, and I'm just kind of put myself out there and be open and honest to you today and, and I, I hope you'll have mercy on me. But I've developed this unhealthy habit of checking my phone far too often. Checking my phone, I have, people are texting me right now 
and it's just weird. I've got this unhealthy habit with this thing. It's this phone. It's, it's, I have found myself checking my cellular device five seconds after I just checked it. And, 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 and I find myself saying to myself, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the, the before it, I know it, uh, I'm on Instagram and I'm looking at pictures of people I don't even know. And, 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 I'm, and, and I'm looking like, like what they had for breakfast and I see that the pictures of their new cat or their new puppy and I'm like, who cares? But I seem so engrossed in this person's new puppy. And then if I'm not on Instagram, I'm on Twitter and I'm, and I'm reading these comments by people that I hope I never meet. And, and why am I so engrossed? Why am I so addicted to, to what, I'm, what the outside world has going on? I'm so addicted at all at the expense of where I currently am and what I'm currently doing. It's kind of weird, isn't it? And and I'm clearly the only person with this problem, right? And and some of you, your faces are like, oh my goodness, this is our youth pastor. But sometimes I wonder, like, what is wrong with me? I'm here sitting with the woman of my dreams, my wife, my girlfriend, my cutie. And, uh, and we're trying to have a meal, and, and I'm just engrossed in just somebody on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and, and, I, and I see that they had breakfast with salsa, eggs with salsa on it and mozzarella. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why do I care to know that stuff? And, and, and all you have to do is go to public places today, and you see great friends sitting across the table from each other. And their faces are in their phones. And we, we get so caught up in these digital personalities and people we hardly know, but we want to know what they're thinking right now. Am I the only one? Yes. I am, am, is there anybody out there? Oh, thank God, there's some people. Oh, that was, I'm on an island right here. Uh, but, but it's kind of our human nature. It's our human nature and something about us humans, we always want to be where we're not. We always want to be where we're not. It's just kind of our, part of our nature, the whole grass is greener on the other side kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's just part of our nature and, and we sit in our green, luscious, thick grass and we wonder what's going on on the other side on their luscious, thick grass. And is their grass greener or maybe their grass is blue? Because I wish I had blue grass or, or yellow grass. I only have green grass. So I wish I had blue or pink. And, 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 I, I, and it's just amazing. Where we're at, we always want to be where we're not. And modern marketing kind of preys on this, don't they? They show this images of these sun-soaked tropical locations. Like Hawaii. Or the Bahamas or Maui, and, and I'll even settle for San Diego. I'm good with that. And, and they give us these photos, of, and they'll tell you that if you'll just endure the next six months of your nine to five and give up all of your savings, you can spend a week in this glorious location. And so we didn't endure the next six months of being miserable and with our dead grass and the heat, thank God it's cooling up, cooling off a little bit. And just so we can get to this location. And when we get there, we we walk out onto the beach and we're like, oh, 
this is great. Only to our utter shock and horror, we see people on the beaches of these tropical locations with their cell phones, Twittering, Facebooking, blogging, texting, whatever it is. And it's just kind of human nature, isn't it? And I, I wonder what they're doing over there. I mean, I, you know, you're out with your kids, your, your own kids. And they drive me crazy too. But I, and like, we're out with your own kids and you're like, I wonder what they're doing over there. Somebody else. And you, you wonder what's going on at other places. And you're with a real life person who actually likes you. But you're busy looking at images and comments and statements and what's going on. And, but it's not limited to location either, is it? It also carries over into time. But before you know it, we're, we're reliving the good old days. Anybody like the good old days? Before you know it, we're reliving the good old days. And, and, and oh man, those were the days. Weren't they none of these cell phones and none of this Instagram or tweeting or Twittering or whatever. I don't even know what that is. And those were the simpler times. When you were with the person you were with, those were the times you had an actual phone with a cord on it. I don't, none of our teenagers even know what that is. And those were the simpler times. Those times weren't stressful. Like we couldn't, those times were more stressful. You couldn't get a hold of anybody. You couldn't find anybody. And, and like, oh, I wish we were back in the good old days. Kids these days are so selfish and so self-absorbed and all the technology and the fantasy land that they live in. And you were just as weird and selfish when you were a kid too. Maybe even more weird. <laughs> but some aren't about the good old days. Some, some of us, we go to the other extreme and, and we're all about someday. Someday. Someday, right now, I am single and celibate, and I'm stressed out. And someday, I'm going to get married, and it's going to be great. And someday, oh, God, help it to come soon. And you, you finally get married, and you got to report to your spouse. You got to tell her where you're at, what you're doing, who you're with, when you're going to be home, your estimated time of arrival. Uh, you got a GPS tracker on you, and... and <laughs> You're like, and you sit around with your friends and you think, oh, the good old days when I was free as a bird. I was celibate, but I was free. And it's human nature. And we are so good at relating to the good old days. And we're even pretty good at relating to someday. All the while missing the importance of today. Right now. And we can kind of even see this tendency on display with Martha, back to our story. She's in this raw emotional moment. And by the way, Martha and Mary both say the same thing to Jesus. They both say, if you had been here. They're reliving the, reliving the past. And it's in us, especially in these raw emotional moments. Jesus, he's, he's en route to Martha and, and she can't wait. And so she runs out and she meets him at the road. And she says, Lord, four days ago, where were you? Now you come on the fourth, fourth day, the worst possible day you could actually show up. And then she has this moment like we as humans do. She says, but, but I do know that uh, if, if you ask God, he will give you what you need. Uh, and she thought, well, j- just maybe, just possibly, he could actually 
right now? And Jesus answers, and he saw, your brother will rise again. And notice where she goes instantly to the distant future. Oh, yes, I, I know he will rise again in the last days. And do you see how, how quickly she went to the past and then the future, and she belittled the moment? And sometimes people will, will come and talk to me and, and I'll see people around church or I'll see people out in the public and I, and I love to see our church people in the public and, and please forgive me if I don't remember your name. Um, I'm terrible with names. I, I get my own kids, I only have two of them right now and I get their names wrong sometimes. So please forgive me. It, it, but I, I see our, our church people or I see people out in public and, and passing and around town and like, like I said, I love to see you all but there'll be times when people will say, well, will you pray for me? about this and, and I'll and I'll pray for people and and maybe in my prayer time or on, on the drive home or in times like that I'll remember most of the time uh, but there are certain people I know that when you ask them to pray for you hey will you pray for me they're like give me your hands let's pray right now you know what I'm saying? There's people like that. And, and you're like, whoa, buddy, right now, we are in Target. <laughs> you you want to pray right now? Whoa. Uh, I was just wanting you to just pray for me later. And, and they're, they're, these are the people who are some of those now Christians. You know what I'm talking about? They're, let's pray right now. Whoa. I want you to pray for me when you're in your alone time, in your prayer time, not right here in public, not in front of my friends, and just in front of everybody. And, and these are the people that are like, let's pray now. And these are the people that are under, under the impression that God can do something right now. And there's something about that that just seems right. We're not so good with right now. What's, what's so special about now? It's only... 10.55 a.m. Uh, one of the reasons we aren't so good right now is, is because it's just right now. Right now, and if we aren't careful, we get critical of people who get pumped about right now. People, people say, well I, well, I believe God can do something today. Well, <laughs> you overzealous Christian alert. Uh, this guy thinks that God could actually do something right now. It's a process, my friend. You'll see. Even, even more mature Christians don't believe that it can happen right now. They're, they're, they're mature, and they realize that someday, if not now, in the meantime, we'll, we'll just get through the moment. And, and sometimes all the people, of all the people on the planet, Christians are the worst with right now. Christians are famous for someday. Someday in heaven, we're all going to be together. But in the meantime, hold on, because this stinks. Just hold on until Jesus comes. Here's the deal. Our God is a right now God. He is a today God. He's, he's, he's that living in the moment kind of, kind of stuff. That, that's Bible. You aren't promised tomorrow, and you can't relive yesterday. Live today because we serve a today God. Martha forgot who she was talking to. She knew, she knew he was God, but it's clear that she forgot who God was for a moment. So, she uses, so he uses the greatest title that's ever been given to him on this planet. And, and what does he say to Martha? I am. The message translation says that Jesus says, I am the right now, the resurrection and life. I am. 
Notice the presentness of that title. I am. And Jesus tells the scribes and Pharisees in John 8, he says, tear down this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. And they thought he was talking about a building and they were so wrong. Jesus was talking about himself. Do you remember that they said, they said this? They said, are you greater than our forefather Abraham? And then Jesus says the most bizarre thing. Before Abraham was, I am. No, uh, Lord, that's, that's not a correct sentence. Uh, it's supposed to say before Abraham was, I was. Uh, the, the was was, not the was I am. That's kind of confusing. What, what do you mean I went, am or I was? I mean, they don't go together. The, either the you is or the you was. And <laughs> what are you talking about? And, and he says before Abraham was, I am. You see, God never was or never will be. He always is. Whoever God is, he is. He is I am. God's not limited by time and space. He don't think like we think. He don't operate like we operate. And, and I feel like we look at heaven as sometimes like Santa's workshop and up at the angels are up in the sky all running around and they're like, oh my, the resurrection, the second coming in 23.5 years. Hurry people, he's gonna, everybody's gonna come up from the grave. Do you know what's happening in heaven right now? Everyone's just chilling. They're just chilling. You know what Jesus is doing? He's, he's sitting. He actually has an ottoman. It's called earth. He, he, he's not limited by anyone at any time in any generation. He is now, and he is now what he always was. And what he always was will be. You see, the scripture says, where two or three or more are gathered in my name, I'm there. Jesus is here. We're gathered here for that name of Jesus. The God that is here now is all the God that will ever be in eternity. In heaven, we're gonna see more of God, but God will not become more of God in heaven. He's here right now, and, and that's all he will ever be. And yet many of us, we concluded that someday or, or, or the good old days, and, and I think the reason we do this is, um, frankly, it, it's safer. It's safer to say that. It, it's safer for pastors or for believers to say, well, this is going to be a great decade for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I believe this year, something great is going to happen in your life. But when some crazy Jesus follower walks up and says, I think right now things are going to change for you. Whoa, hey, buddy, you aren't God. You don't know that. So we get really good at promising someday as if it's our job as Christians to make sure that God doesn't look bad. We try to justify why God does some things and why he doesn't do other things. And we're saying, let me explain to you the almighty, this all self-existent God. It's not our job or our responsibility to do that. We are to respond to who he reveals himself to be and he is I am. Find covering in the I am. I pray our faith will match who our God is not who we perceive him to be or who we perceive ourselves to be. 
Think about Moses. Moses got stressed out. And if you don't know who Moses is, watch, watch Disney's Prince of Egypt. It'll fill in all the blanks for you. But Moses gets this word from God in, in the form of a burning bush. And God tells Mo, he says, Mo, I pick you. I like you. I want you to do this. And he's like, wait, no, I, I can't go back to my adopted dad. I, I don't want to do that. And by the way, I st- 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 stutter. And God's saying, it's okay. I like you. I like you. What, what am I going to do? Am I going to stand there and be like, hey, dad, sort of. Uh, good to see you. It's been a while. Uh, can I have your, all your employees slash slaves? I'd like to take them, and I'm not totally sure where, uh, but it's going to be somewhere great. Do we have a deal? And Moses is kind of having this identity crisis, and he don't feel like he can pull this off. And notice God's answer in Exodus three fourteen. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Oh, well, that just clears everything up, doesn't it? I am who I am. And and to solve Moses' identity crisis, God reminds Moses who he is. You see, the answer to people's identity crisis is not telling them who they are, but telling them who God is. God says to Moses, I am who I am. And the children of Israel say, who do you think you are leading us? God says, don't worry about it. I got you covered. Why don't you tell them this? The I am sent me. What? Who's I am? He is. I'm surprised you didn't know that already. Uh, He is the is and the was and the presently the I am. And he sent me. What's God saying to Moses? He's reminding Moses who he is. He's reminding Moses who he is. And you need to remember the I am your present help in time of need. I am your provider, I am your encourager, I'm your savior, I'm your friend, I'm your comforter. Nobody helped me get started. I've always been here and I have no end. I am here with you right now. And that kind of changes things. Let's not forget who he is and the fact that he's with us right now. And I want to serve a today God. Whoever worship team come back up. You'll never have tomorrow because finally when that time comes, it'll be today. But today is just today. Just as sure as he was standing on the road with Martha, he's standing here with you today. And Jesus heads toward the tomb and he says, roll away the stone. And they're like, right now? He's been dead four days. By now he stinketh. Right now, and God can do whatever he wants whenever he wants to do it. And some of you, some of us, we've limited our God and we think he, he's limited like we are limited. God can do things before we think we're ready to do them. God can bless a person he, who he chooses to bless. He can bless a person who doesn't deserve to be blessed. Some of you think that God can't do anything in your life until you fix all your faults and solved all your past failures and your weaknesses. But I'm here to let you know this morning that God isn't scared of your mess ups. He's not scared of your mistakes. He can do it right now. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, right now, and forever. And he wants to do something right now. 
I want to tell you guys a story real quick. A couple of Sundays ago, a uh, pastor preached, and he called people up to pray, and, and uh, I, I was down here, and, and, and I got permission to share the story, because it, it's an amazing story. I had to share it with you. I was down here praying uh, for a lady um, named Debbie, Debbie Atwater. Some of you may know her, some of you may not, but she had, the doctor said that she had a 99% chance of having a complete knee, knee replacement. They were going to go in and look at it, but they were saying from here, from the way it looks now, there's going to be a 99% chance her knee is going to have to be totally be replaced. She's going to be out of work for three to four weeks, and she's just going to be laid up, and, it, and it's, it's going to be miserable. And so myself and, and Darlene Smith was there, and there may have been someone else, but I close my eyes when I'm praying because I'm really holy like that. Um, but we were praying together for, for Debbie, and, and, and I was just praying just kind of a general prayer. Um, and I, I think God kind of convicted me mid-prayer. And uh, his, it was almost like he was saying, do you, do you think I can do this right now? And, and mid-prayer, I, I, I changed my prayer. And I was like, God, we know. We know you can heal. God, we know you, you want to bless your children. God, we know you're here right now. Cool thing about that story, Debbie went to have this knee replacement. And her son, Nick, was there, and the doctor came out. And, you know, at the beginning, they were saying 99% chance of a knee replacement. The doctor came back out, came out and said, yeah, we didn't have to do anything. We just fixed up a couple things, and she's good to go. We serve a right now God. He wants to do something right now and right now in this place. Could everybody stand? And I didn't ask these, these people beforehand, but we could have our staff and our board and their wives and, and some of our leaders come up to the front. I don't know who you are. You, you know who you are. Um, well, I know who you are, but come on up. I, I, w- I was just thinking the other day, while these people are making their way up, I was just thinking the other day, in, in my short time here on this earth, I, I've, seen, I've seen great moves of God. I, I've seen healings. I've seen revivals. I've seen great things happen by the power of God. And I started thinking, wait just a minute. God can still do that right now. And, and I don't want to spend the rest of my days thinking about what God did in the past because I believe that God can still move right now. Right now, because he is a right now God. Why can't be right now be the time that you're set free? Why can't right now be the time that your family finds Jesus? The I am is here, and he's all you'll ever need. Maybe you've got a busted up marriage. God is here right now. You're hurting. You're in financial trouble. You're in pain, whatever it is, our God is here right now. This morning, if you're here and God is talking to you, he's speaking to your heart right now, you know exactly who you are. Uh, you, you know that you need to respond to this message. If that's you, God can do something supernatural right now. Don't wait. Don't hold on. I'll, I'll be back next Sunday and it'll be just as cool as today. It, it may be. Yeah, don't get me wrong. 
But God wants to do something right now. He wants to do something right now in this place. And God can do something supernatural in this place right now. If that's you, I want you to begin to make your new way to the front and grab one of these leaders. We would love to pray for you. Continue, go ahead and step out. God wants to heal. He wants to, to fix busted marriages. You've got financial problems. He wants to fix that. He's here right now. He's here today. Don't wait. Don't hold back. Whatever it is, you have a need, come up. We'll pray with you. If someone's busy praying, just wait. We'll get to you. But if that's you right now, you know you need to be here. You know you need to be up here. Then make your way up right now. We serve a right now God who wants to be here right now. He's speaking to you right now. Go ahead and move. Don't wait.